And we're back. We are uh, back. We are back. What's up, Ruby? How's it going? It's good. It's good. Um, we have a special guest today, uh, my friend Naomi, aka at Sleepy House Healing on Instagram. Um, they are a tarot reader, a dream worker, an herbalist, and a timeline jumping guide. Um, so I think today we're going to talk mostly about dream work because, I don't know, I think that's something Pete and I have been talking about a lot, and I wanted to, you know, cover it on the pod. Um, but yeah, uh, so Naomi, knowing about, like, how you got into dream work, you had it, – it happened because you were having, like, sleep paralysis. So I kind of just wanted to start at the beginning. Um like yeah. what what was going on like what happened and how did you like how did you kind of heal your sleep paralysis I guess <laughs> well yeah totally I'll start at the beginning so first of all my my father also had really bad may still have really bad sleep paralysis wow so, okay yeah so it didn't start with me like I think most of these kind of things um so there's an ancestral thread there where I'm not totally sure where this sort of attachment started, but the first time I remember having it, I actually felt like it was like an alien encounter. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, which I'm not convinced it wasn't. Um, I'm not totally sure like what it is, you know, like I have different phases of like, oh, this is what I think this is. You know, I went through a time where I thought it was like a psychological thing only, which wasn't very fulfilling um, to, to yeah. go that route. But yeah, so it started, I remember being like seven or eight years old. Wow, that's really young. <laughs> that yeah. sounds so scary. <laughs> well, and it's like what I hear from other people too is that um, they thought it was just like this so, sort of normal thing. And that's how I felt. Like I didn't tell anybody about it for a long time. And if you're, you know me, I'm like, <laughs> people that know me know that I'm like, I tell everything. Like my mom jokes that I'm like an old refrigerator. Like I really don't keep things to myself. Like <laughs> I spend my own tea and I'm like not really ashamed of thing, you know, I'll tell it. I don't care. Um, but yeah, so, so I was eight years old and I was at my dad's house, um, out in the country. And for whatever reason that night, he was not in the bed. It was just me. And I was like sleeping in his bedroom and there was this window behind like the headboard, you know? So it's like, imagine a room with the bed is like the central part and then window behind. Actually, that's how my room is set up now too. Just realized. Anyway, so I felt I could hear like bugs or like um, cicadas or something. Mm -hmm. I, I could hear them like really loudly. And suddenly it got so, so loud and it like filled the room. And uh, I don't think that was the time that I started like seeing people and uh, monsters and stuff. But that was a time where I was like, whoa, how did I like levitate? You know, like, why am I, why could I feel like the ceiling with my hands? Like I could feel like the texture of the ceiling. Um, Interesting. So was, Do you yeah. feel like you were kind of like out of body? Yeah. Yeah. I, and that was, that was pretty common. Like that would happen where I could leave 
my body, but it wasn't like a choice, you know? So it felt like this forced astral projection sort of thing. Um, And it scared the shit out of me, especially when I started talking to other people because they're like, you know, growing up with in like a religious sort of environment and, you know, people being like, oh, no, that sounds like the devil. (laughs) Like, like, I mean, did, did, well, I'll let you go on, but like, did, when, at what point did you start like talking about it? Like, did, did you get a lot of like, oh my God, like you're possessed? (laughs) I think like as a child, I didn't talk about it. Um, and I, I had a lot of alone time as a child and a lot of time in nature. So I was really lucky in that way that like, I, at that time I just wasn't talking about it, which I think is good. And some part of me like knew not to, um, though I don't think I consciously made that decision, but I remember talking about it with other people for really the first time when, not until I was in college, because my mom, like my family just kind of treated it like nightmares. And so I was given medication to deal with the nightmares and to deal with also grief. Cause I'd had this like I have a crazy upbringing and a crazy story. Um, yeah, feel free. Like, go, go wherever you want to go. Like, I, I think that that's it's just kind of so, what we do here. Yeah, totally. Well, it's just so much that it's like the the point of it, you know, in this context is that I was just giving, like, medication. Mm-hmm. And, and when really uh, my entire family was processing, like, really big loss and grief, you know? So – for a long time, it was like this thing I like pushed down, tried to like, you know, bury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I totally understand. Yeah. And so in college, I met this guy that was like, what happens if you embrace it? Like, what happens if you like look at the monster? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> that sounds like something Pete would say. Yeah. Well, and it, it is something that like I would later come around to, but like it was terrifying, you know? So He's like, yeah, it sounds like you're like really sensitive and able to just see what's there and you're not crazy and it's not your brain. And this was like a kid that I met at a party that weirdly enough, like later in the night, that party, um, there was like a gun and then like cops came and like I never saw this dude again. Um, It was the weirdest, like (laughs) it's like a traumatic (laughs) story just in that but um anyway so I was like whatever this dude's cuckoo I'm not gonna I've looked at these monsters and I know they're not from my brain so that really resonated but also I was like I had had so many like by this point things where it was like my bread my bread my bed was breathing and I was like able to like look over and there was like an alien face in bed with me like a monster laying next to me and I was like I am keeping my eyes shut because that's like the only thing I can do in those situations and like hell not am I gonna be like oh hey (laughs) you know yeah what's going on like (laughs) the same being every time or was it different No. And it wasn't like, you know how people talk about like, oh, it's these shadowy figures. Like, yeah, I had that sometimes. But more often I had these like crazy, like disfigured things, like monsters, like hanging from my ceiling and like guts everywhere. Oh, wow. Really? I had like 
pretty much similar story. Like I've had, I had sleep paralysis since I was like about five, six years old. And it Mm -hmm. always like terrified me. And then like, Mm -hmm. and it would, it was more of like, you would have this sense of like something's there, you know, I never really got images. It was more shadowy for me. And then like one time I used to like, I don't know if you had it like where it was kind of scheduled in a sense, or it was like, mine was very like sporadic. It would just like happen Uh once in a while. And um, one day I was just like in it. And I was like, cause like when you first happens to you, you kind of, to me, it was like, I, I didn't even realize what was going on. And then, and then it kind of like, it's almost like uh, you start to like sit in it. And then like one time I was just like, I'm not letting this happen to me. Like I'm getting out of whatever's going on. And I remember like sitting in it and like slowly, it was almost like I was forcing my will back Mm -hmm. into my body. That's so awesome. And then it just never happened again after I did that. Oh, that's so cool. It never happened to you again. No, I mean, I know, like, and, he has a I lot mean, of things like that, I think. But it's like, funny I'm not because with this. it's like, <laughs> it's funny because I think there's definitely some sort of correlation between sleep paralysis and like an awakening. Because like yeah. people I've worked with and just like even clients, people who are kind of just starting to wake up, all of a sudden they'll tell me like, yo, I had this crazy thing happen to me in my sleep the other night. And then they'll like pretty much describe like sleep paralysis. So I don't know if it's like that it's, a, you know, I kind of always felt like it was a visitation. Yeah. Or like somebody's working yeah. with you energetically. But I think yeah. the other thing too is like, we don't realize how much our subconscious is like programmed to like associate, um, you know, certain images with like fear or just, you know, because I remember one time, I'll never forget, I had this, like, visitation from this, like, weird-ass, like, it wasn't sleep paralysis, but it was, like, this weird-ass, like, skull, like, squid-looking thing, and I, like, <laughs> so terrified by it, and then he's uh-huh. just, like, I remember him just being, like, I'm here to help you, and I'm just, like, well, you look pretty fucking scary to me, you know? And I think like, show up like that. <laughs> yeah, but it's like I don't, you know, it's our issue, you know, like maybe we're programmed to fear things for a reason, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I think in some cases it's also the self, right? Like for me, it's like this is a a glimpse of myself in another timeline or another dimension. That's like, hey, hey, I need your attention. Like it gets really, really intense for me when I, there's something like I need to give it my attention and look Mm. at it like directly. So I still have it sometimes, but when I lean into it, I just astral project and then I go wherever I want. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's really interesting (laughs) to me because like, I mean, what you're describing sounds like, you know, like a shadow self or, or yeah, like, something some version of you in a different timeline that needs attention or healing or something along those lines and but where does the astral projection come in and like how did you figure out kind of how to do that did you like yeah so this is the part where it's like I think I need I think I still probably need some help with like discerning what is what because like 
from this, what feels like a similar state, different things can happen. So like, sometimes it's like what you're talking about, Pete, where it's like something, someone comes to visit and that has happened with, um, people that I know. Okay. So the most recent visitation I had was actually a cat (laughs) that one of my friends, one of my really good family friends, who's my neighbor, um, it was about to die, but we, none of us knew that. And I'm like, why is her cat visiting me? This is so weird. And then he dies like in a couple of days. And this is someone who's like really, really close. Like this cat went with her through chemo, right? Like mm-hmm. so sometimes I'll have that with people, you know, their family members or someone who, you know, they know I'm open and I'm going to actually be loud enough to well, receive it. And also I'll tell the person without any attachment to if they like want it, you know, like I'll just tell you. <laughs> so I've had I've had that often. Um But then sometimes it's like these other worldly beings, like nobody I could recognize, nobody that I, you know, that's a person. And then other times it's a a state where like what I was saying about like that first time when it got really loud and there's like this ringing in my ears and my head feels light. And then I like literally float up out of my body and that's when I can go places. And sometimes I choose where I'm going. And sometimes I'm like sent on like a mission where it feels like a lucid dream, but like I actually don't have control, but there's this sense of travel that's not like a regular dream. Okay. I I don't know. I've had, you know, I've had, I've had kind of like, I mean, I've had a recurring dream where I, I think it's like uh, white lions and Mm. They're called like, I don't know, I kind of Googled it and they're called like Lyrians or people call them. And I've traveled, like I remember going through like stars or like um, galaxies and then I'm just like in front of this like being and usually it's like an energetic experience. Like the last time was very significant. I had like almost like an ego death experience. Mm -hmm. And um yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but uh, when, so when was that for you? Because I that sounds I, I have yeah a comparable experience I want to tell you about. But when two three years ago, okay. So the day after Thanksgiving in two thousand nineteen, I think I was really really sick. Like I missed everything. I just like laid on the couch at my mom's house, and I fell asleep, and I like what you're saying, like I went through like galaxies, like I went through um, like a star system and I ended up in front of this big white, it almost reminded me of the star tarot card, right? Like imagine yeah. that the Merkaba mm-hmm. or the, you know, the six sided star. Yeah. And then, yeah, I need to look back on my journal of that because like a ton of shit happened, but not stuff like in an instant, all this information came through. Yeah, it was like an upgrade, it felt like, for me or something. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't think about the fact that it could have been an upgrade, but yeah, no. I'm going to look back on that experience now after we've talked about this. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's – yeah, that's the whole – that's the whole thing. It's like – I don't know. Anytime I go back and look at, like, journals where I've written down my dreams, I'm like, 
now I get it. Like now I see what was happening there, <laughs> even though it felt like totally like crazy and, and weird and like whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, well, you what did you a- see when you did that? Like, like you said, you can't like, did you come upon the white lions as well? Or was it like, I don't know. I, I don't know if you said what, what oh. you saw at the end of like traveling through the kind of star system. Oh, I I don't remember now, honestly. I need to look back at that journal. Um, but I do but when you mentioned when y'all uh Pete, when you mentioned like traveling through stars, like I normally that is not the way my dreams go. And um yeah, so it felt like something between astral projection and a, a dream. Um yeah. It's it's weird how it's kind of a spectrum, I think. Like there are dreams like kind of quintessential dreams where you're not really in control and and you're just kind of like observing what's going on in the you know first from a first person perspective and then there's like lucid dreams where you can almost like see yourself and and direct what's happening and then like there's astral projection where like I don't, I mean, I don't think I've ever done that, not consciously. I don't, I don't really know. And I, I, I'm really curious about that part. Like, I think you'd how do you do know. that? <laughs> you know, probably no. Um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not good at like explaining how to do it because like it, for me, it's like, it started as this involuntary thing of like leaving my body, not in a dissociate, dissociating way. Right. Like, but literally for me, sleep paralysis and and this sort of thing always happens not when I'm waking up, but when I'm going to sleep. Mm -hmm. And so then I can get in this cycle of like waking up, like getting up from it and being like, oh, what the fuck? And then it can like for a couple of years, there was just this cycle of like several times a night I would have that. And it was awful. It was so awful. But yeah, so um, I, I just, I think I'm naturally able to do it without like a lot of effort and I have to like do things to make myself not do it right and so oh interesting yeah because sometimes I don't want to do that you know I want to actually feel fucking rested in the morning (laughs) (laughs) yeah it almost sounds like when you go on those kinds of like I mean I have a lot of lucid dreams I think and those aren't very restful um (laughs) when I think when I get the best rest is like when I wake up and I don't remember what I dreamed about you know I had a Benadryl sleep the other night and it was the best rest I've ever probably like in recent memory it was so good yeah Um, one (laughs) single Benadryl if (laughs) will like really just knock you out um and I took it out of like I had to take it because I ate some stuff I wasn't supposed to eat and then I felt so bad I had to take it um but yeah so so with astral projection, it's like I feel that lifting in my body and I can choose to fight it and try to stay in my body, which I still do sometimes. Or I can be like, whatever, fine, I'm lifting. I might as well choose a destination. And I used to choose things like I want to see the Great Wall of China. Like I want to go places I can't go mm-hmm. otherwise. And then I realized like, shit, why am I staying on Earth? or like in this dimension, you know? And so I was like, 
it's interesting too because it's not like oh i'm gonna decide like i've gone places that like i don't think i consciously like me being awake would be like oh this is a place that exists but when i am in that state i know that it exists and i decide consciously to go there um so i've been to other like planets and the moon and i mean it sounds cuckoo but uh i love no that. nothing's cuckoo it's okay <laughs> <laughs> i love that i love it yeah <laughs> what about like yeah. uh, saturn or mm-hmm. you know anything so i'm very <laughs> so saturn is one like i'm a Capricorn and have a lot of planets in uh, Capricorn and I feel very Saturnian, but I haven't actually gone there. I, um, I usually, I, I should, I should decide to go there. Um, but I started really being able to control and choose to astral project when I was pregnant and right after I had my kid for some reason that was like, another time of like breakthroughs of ability. Um, And my mental health was really bad at that time. (laughs) So I just felt like totally just insane. Um, Were you like dealing with, go ahead. Sorry. You think it affected your (laughs) child? Like, uh, Um, I don't, I don't know. Like my kid is really, really like me. Like I see, I was like prepared to have a kid that wouldn't be like me for some reason. I was like, I'm not going to make him into what I'm into. <laughs> like, I'm going to let him be his, himself, whatever. Um, but he is very similar to me and very, very sensitive and very much like a little wild person. Um, and so as far as like, do you mean like supernatural and ability I wise? Like, I mean, I have three kids. And they're all kind mm-hmm. of their unique snowflake. Mm-hmm. And um, my youngest, I feel, is like super tapped in. And mm-hmm. even me and Ruby have talked about it. Like our astrology, like everything is kind of connected. And I actually mm-hmm. had, I just had a dream. I was just telling Ruby, I think last night or two nights ago, I had a dream with him. And it was like a visit from him. It wasn't just like a dream with him in it. Um, Uh And it was like, he was there. Yeah. Like he like, he had. Yeah. And I, I I dream quick. I just, um, yeah. I was in my house and I was, the house was like empty. Like I want to move. I want to get out of New York. I want to move out West or whatever. And the house was totally empty. And me and him were like yelling or like doing magical spells in another language. <laughs> and, oh, that's so cool! And I woke up. Uh, I my wife woke up from me yelling in like a different language, <laughs> and me and my son woke up exactly at the same time. Oh, that's so cool! But I could feel yep. his energy. Like I'm very sensitive to his, his energy. Like I don't even like coming upstairs when he's napping because I feel like I could wake him up just by like mm-hmm. kind of being around him. Yeah. I feel like my kid is extremely magical and like sensitive. I we don't I haven't had experiences like that so much. Um 
how old is your youngest? Two. Two. Oh my gosh, so little. That's so little. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my kid was five. Um, but yeah, I mean, my main thing with him is like, I really don't want to like beat it out of him in the way. Like, I feel like for me, I was really not forced to, but like my family was like, please pretend to be normal. Um, <laughs> which I'm like, hell no, we're not doing that. <laughs> like, be yeah. a freak. It's fine. Um, and it's funny, like, my family's actually very, all of them are very mystical, but they're just very covert. And mm-hmm. I'm not that way. Um, and my son, I'm like, I'm not going to teach you to be quiet about your magic. Like, you can, you know, be free. Um, because I feel like for me, a lot of my stuff, like not everything, but you know, a lot of my issues in early childhood, even the sleep paralysis, it feels like it was from like suppression and like burying things. Yeah. I think that makes perfect sense. I have a really packed eighth house and I feel like, Um. and I said this a bunch of times, but it's like my family, my ancestors all like shoved all these things in a closet and I'm the person that's like meant to open the closet and like take everything out and look at it um, like unpack it all <laughs> yeah and Good it's like, <laughs> it's like a painful process and it feels really yeah, lonely sometimes in a way because they're like no 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 let's just like pretend this isn't here and I'm like are you fucking kidding me that's unbearable <laughs> like to pretend mm-hmm. um so my son, my son is still, I mean, there's a part of him, I think, that thinks this stuff is all just weird because I'm really into it. And it's like, whatever mom's doing isn't cool, you know, mm-hmm. but um, sometimes he'll wake up and he'll tell me a dream and, um, you know, I'm like, okay, well, what's the title of the dream? Like, we'll work the dream, you know, as part of just like a normal day. And I love that. Um like he has a little dream journal that we write in that he'll have his whole life. And I think that's just something I would have really probably appreciated as a kid. As instead a kid, yeah. Yeah. I, instead of like, oh, pretend this isn't a thing. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, like, oh, it's just a dream. Like, don't worry about it. You know, mm-hmm. like, I feel like that is probably what most parents say to kids when they have, you know, an experience like you had when you were you know six or seven or whatever like they're like oh that's just a dream don't worry about it yeah and that was just a pattern with like everything you know any really horrible thing that happened they're like okay we'll just go to the doctor and take care of it you know like there's trauma there's a pill for you to sleep at night or whatever I didn't even hear like the word trauma growing up and there was a lot of circumstantial trauma and it was mostly unacknowledged. And so, you know, like at school or just people we knew would sort of act like, oh, my, oh, my God, why is Naomi so like emotional and intense and like upset about little things? And um, as an adult, I'm like, oh, shit, <laughs> I was like super traumatized and nobody, yeah. nobody like admitted it. And so mm-hmm. I was just like made to look like I catastrophized everything. <laughs> yeah, I still kind of feel that way in, like, my adult life, honestly. I, I have, like, really bad insomnia, and I made this connection recently. I'm still kind of working through it, but I I had, like, a lot of problems sleeping as a kid because I was – my sleep was disrupted a lot as a kid by, like, my parents fighting, and my dad was, like mm-hmm. – just, like, he would come home, like, in the middle of the night, like – 
you know, super drunk and like just cause chaos. And like I didn't have consistent like sleeping through the night from the time I was a kid until like we moved away, like when I was 13 or so. And so like it makes sense that as an adult, like I can't sleep at night, <laughs> you know, like just just because I'm I have anxiety like going to sleep like something bad might happen or something. I don't know. It's yeah. really it seems silly, but I finally like connected no. those things and I'm like, "Oh, okay. Like actually that makes a lot of sense and it's, it's not been better since I have like been able to acknowledge that, you know." Yeah. Um, and and doing like I don't know. I I almost like I have certain like a couple memories of like dreams as a kid. But really, like, not – I don't know. I feel like I wasn't really that in touch with my – like, I don't know if I ever got, like, actual REM sleep where I could dream even, right. <laughs> like, most right. of the time. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, childhood, like, getting your nervous system bombarded all the time, like, that is really um, – that is something that <laughs> I uh, I've been thinking about a lot just with, like, learning somatic practices to rest – better, you know, um, some of them are like, you know, you don't have to revisit all the memories, but for me, it's like, I really do have to look back and like, name. it's like just naming things mm -hmm. be really powerful. I don't have to live there, you know, like I'm not staying on that timeline. I'm not on that timeline at all now. Right. But for me, it's like, I have to kind of look at it and be like, okay, let me name this for what it really is instead of this weird twisted around narrative that like I'm just broken <laughs> yeah yeah definitely well from like you know the sleep paralysis and sort of the uh like going from like sleep paralysis to learning how to astral project and that kind of helping mm -hmm. relieve the the sleep paralysis like uh issue like what how did you get into like more dream work? Like did, how did you continue your practice like from there or yeah. Like what, what happens next, I guess. Okay. <laughs> In the story of, yeah, my dream, my dream work. So let's see, we were, okay. I told the early childhood story, went to college. Then years later, it was like 26 and I had my baby um, okay. What happens next is we moved, we were in Portland, Oregon. It's where I met my husband. He's from New York, but we lived in Oregon, had my kiddo. Um, and then we moved back down here to Tennessee. Um, because I have, it's a long story, but my stepdad bought a house here when I was a kid. Um, and it's still, it was still here. And, uh, we didn't know how much work it needed, but <laughs> yeah, would have been nice to know. But anyway, so we moved here to take care of this old house, which is like, I don't want to say it's haunted because now that we're fixing it, it's like the spirits here are a lot happier. Um, but oh, there was yeah. like hella activity. There was activity here, you know. Um, and I also, you know, had this sort of like come full circle moment with like my ancestors and the land here. And, um, cause my people go back really, really far on this land. There's like a lot of pain and trauma just baked in, not even mine, but like lots of people's. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so there's there was a lot of like ancestral work. That's really when I got into ancestral work and like talking to my people a lot more. And um, I went to just like randomly, I went to a dream circle with who now she's one of my best friends, Ishti. Um, at 22 teachings. So it was like at the start of the pandemic. So it was like March, 2020. And I just, there was this free dream circle and I'm like, why not? Like, I love dreams. I've been wanting to work with my dreams more. I was reading tarot professionally and I was like, people come with dreams and I just, yeah, I want to know what to do and also know what the fuck is going on with my dreams. Cause mm-hmm. I've had some crazy experiences. So anyway, I, attend this dream circle. I like immediately fell in love with this woman. I was like, I love her. Like I (laughs) person, you know, when you meet someone, you're like, I'm going to do whatever I have to, to make them my friend. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, And not just because of her medicine, which is amazing, but also it was just like, you know, she had that same feeling of like, it just clicked where we're like, okay, we're meant to know each other. And so I would go to her dream circles and go to others as well. I'll just say like none of them are as great as hers <laughs> for me. Like okay. her style yeah. of dream work in a group was really, really different and really, and really wonderful. And so I really got like one, one of our sessions, nobody else showed up. Um, and so it was basically, she gave me a, uh, reading like a dream one-on-one session um and one of my most one of my biggest dreams like to date um we worked that dream and it was super special and I don't know I could sing her praises like forever but like yeah that and you know, being part of her life and and kind of developing a community around like dream sharing because there's a lot of medicine just listening mm-hmm. like even if if someone is listening and they're like I don't dream like what is here for me just listening to somebody else talk about their dream and share the dream i think it really activates something yeah in you to help you there's something there for everyone like every dream we hear is like it is the person, it is the dreamers, but also if you're, if it's being shared, it's also every, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's everyone's dream. Like it's not this thing we do in isolation. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like tarot readings. Like you read, you know, cards for someone and like, like every time I've ever read cards for anybody, I am reading for them and I'm like, you know, in touch with, with that person and their energy. But I get I always get something out of it like I always feel like I've learned something about me, you know. Yeah. Um and what I'm going like it's always relevant to me somehow and mm-hmm. and I I agree like um sometimes I like sometimes I have a good practice of like, you know, writing down my dreams and and kind of being in in touch with them and like thinking about them and analyzing them a little bit but other times I go long periods with like not and and I forget them almost immediately and I'm like I know I had a fucked up dream last night but I can't remember what happened yeah. <laughs> and I'm really lost 
Yeah. But then somebody else will like, you know, tell me about their dream. And I'm like, I don't know. It sort of oh, helps oh, yeah, remind you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a dream like this. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we did that in this episode already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me. Yeah. So um, not to totally switch gears, but Ruby, um, I also wanted to mention, is it okay if I tell people what your tarot card, your soul card is, your birthday card? Oh, yeah. No, go ahead. That's fine. Because we have the same one. We do. And I do believe that when I give a tarot reading, a lot of times, yeah, there's something in it for me too. But I think those of us with lover's cards in particular, that is especially true. That's especially potent because I think part of our medicine is to be able to hold up this mirror to other people. Yeah. And there's absolutely. something in us. Like there's a reason that the people that come to me come to me. There's some there's some common thread that's like, oh yeah, this person can see me because we have, I don't know, something in common. We've shared the same experience. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Do you feel what, like that, Pete? Like that people come to card? you? What's the soul card? Though? Oh. Or the birthday card. People call it different things. So basically, there's different ways to calculate. Um, but I use a variation of Mary Kay Greer's method, which is just adding up every digit of your birthday mm-hmm. until you get a number under 22. And some people further reduce. Like, So you technically, everybody has like two, but I go with the one that is easiest to get <laughs> meaning like i don't reduce it all the way um but pete if you want i can calculate yours right now sure uh <laughs> two five nineteen eighty three okay we can just I keep don't know, i've never ca- i've never calculated your like life or your, yeah your life card or whatever it's called so february 5th you said yeah, yeah. your birthday is coming up like and yeah you, and yeah it's like this week right i think it's sunday sunday yeah well you you share a birthday with my friend's uh kid uh he's turning two <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know i just think it's funny how i know so many people with like the february 5th birthday i don't know why okay so it's empress actually by my calculation it's empress. really Ooh, I'm I mean, look at that feminine energy. Sometimes, sometimes I mess up on really simple math, and I've done it in readings, and I always feel so embarrassed. Let me just make sure. Uh, like two plus five equals seven, and then you said nineteen eighty three. Okay, oh, was it eighty three? Yeah. Oh shit! I did it wrong because I wrote down nineteen eighty five. Okay, <laughs> I was like, wow, that's interesting. That I'm just, like, I would never have thought that. I think. I think the lovers makes a lot of sense for me because I do feel like. Hang on. Oh, yeah. I feel like the correct year. (laughs) I knew I was going to do that wrong. I was like preparing you for it to be wrong. Oh, it's actually Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Because when I add up all your digits, I get 28. And then two plus eight is 10. So. What does that mean? Wheel of Fortune, and then Mary, as Mary Kay Greer would say, your personality cards would be two and eight. Two is High Priestess, and eight is uh, Strength, unless <laughs> there's a caveat to that as well. So eight in the older version of Tarot, in the Tarot de Marseille, eight is Justice. But 
Yeah. Now in the writer Smith wait, because Crowley wanted to make Crowley, Crowley, whatever that fucker's name is. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted to make it. Alistair. Alistair. <laughs> That's like such a, like a devious, like kind of, I don't know. There's something about the name Alistair. That's like, is it because of him? Do you feel that way though? Maybe. I don't know. But, but like I, I, I guess I've never, I've never known anybody else named that. So you're right. <laughs> oh, but so he wanted to change it where it would all line up with astrology. So eight, um, he changed to strength. So, but let's, ju- yeah, okay. Going back, sorry, I'm extremely ADHD and unmedicated, so <laughs> I think it shows. Yeah, because there's no Adderall to be found in the whole world. <laughs> so, well, I was doing trying the Adderall-free lifestyle before, but yeah, I really couldn't do it now. Um, okay, so Wheel of Fortune. So how that is the archetype. All three of the archetypes I just mentioned will be with you your entire life, and your way of seeing them may change and evolve, you know? So yeah, thinking about Wheel of Fortune, I think of, you know, I very briefly just like the cycles of life, um, chance. In some cases, I think of luck and the, you know, I haven't seen the movie Everything Everywhere all at once. I haven't seen it, but I just have this assumption that that card will would resonate with the core essence of that movie it's a great um <laughs> you're like i've never seen this but <laughs> no I like you're right though i haven't seen it either. it's a really good movie you should see it okay so i pick up a book and i'm like the essence of this book is this like <laughs> i love that you have you have an amazing intuition and i think like yeah i that's one of the the reasons like i felt like so connected to you and the way that you practice because you just have this like way of being like able to associate things and relate you know like you can I could not know like anything about tarot about spirituality about dream work anything but you would find a way to like be like well how does this like movie feel you know like you've you definitely have a way of like connecting and you make really good memes and to me that says that like your intuition and your like social kind of I don't know, uh, cultural understanding, they, they go hand in hand, you know? I really, I feel like ideas are visitors and like, I just, you know, like even with the visitors, like we were talking about, like I'm open and like, I want, you know, I'm like, Hey, inspiration muses visit me or, or not. But if I don't make the thing, they'll move on to someone else. You know, so I mean, I not to totally like <laughs> undercut the sweet compliment you just gave me, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I should take more credit for my intuitive skills. Mm-hmm. Um, you should, yeah, you should, definitely <laughs> should. But so you were talking about the Wheel of Fortune being Pete's life card, right? Right. That's where we were. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those other two cards, right? Two and eight. The the card the two cards that come through as what Mary Kay Greer calls the personality cards. So I don't really see them so much as personality as much as like other facets of like the way you operate in the world. So when I found out my birthday card, I was like, that's me. Eh. Like I don't know about that, you know? But the personality cards for me are high priestess and emperor. 
And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that definitely resonates as far as like, I guess it is still personality, you know, how I operate in the world. But um, sometimes I will say that 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 birthday card, the archetype is so close that it's like I it's hard to sort of see it for yourself sometimes. It's taken me years to be like, oh, this is me, but it's a version of me that's not necessarily how I see myself. It's just this is part of like my purpose and like my path in life. What I'm the gift I bring to the world, really. Um, so, and so, then we all have year cards too. Oh, like every year, like so your birthday plus whatever year it is, uh-huh. uh, like. It's numerology, right? Yeah, basically. Uh, basically. Yeah. Um, I don't and this really is just- what year I'm in now. Like, I don't. Yeah. Well, I think when I first started, like, participating in your tarot circle, I was in a hermit year. And I was, mm-hmm. like, really not happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> it was really against the hermit year because I, I don't know. I just had an aversion to, to the, like, facing myself kind of thing or something mm-hmm. about something like that. But mm-hmm. I also think, to me, with the Wheel of Fortune, you meet a lot of gods. Like, yes. the Wheel of Fortune has all these kind of, like, uh, there's, like, a lion and, like, a yes. bull and, like, all these other things. And I feel like there's a lot of – you. I feel like Wheel of Fortune people, yeah, are, are, are maybe more, like, able to get in touch with – uh spirits on the other side like pete is a medium whatever um but also like they have a lot of they're if you're in like a wheel of fortune year which i think i want to say it was me last year i think Mm -hmm. yeah i I don't know if i it might have been last year i might birth year card it's likely you were too yeah so yeah maybe you're, you're meeting guides, you're like getting in mm-hmm. touch with, you know, different parts of yourself too, uh, with the wheel of fortune. You're, I mean, sometimes you end up like turning your whole life upside down with the wheel of fortune. <laughs> I think like, yeah. you know, like I, I really think, I mean, it's not always like that, you know, it, it it's not, but I find I it know. to feel very chaotic if you're mm-hmm. not grounded. If you're uncentered, it can feel very chaotic to be in a Wheel of Fortune card energy. But um, I sort of see it as like a merry-go-round. You know, if you can find your axis, if you can get in the middle so you can have a better vantage point, you can deal with the rushing of like literal rushing of information that you get from that energy, which I'm sure that's something you contend with in your... I mean, I kind of... I always kind of liked chaos in, <laughs> in a way. Like I just, I don't know. I think like, it's almost like, I think it's more of a control thing in a way. Mm-hmm. It's like, if it's almost like if I'm comfortable at being uncomfortable and you're not, and we're both in an uncomfortable situation, I have like the upper hand. <laughs> I mean, no, that is fucked up, but it, true. it's true. Like I know it's that not- about myself, you know. Like I know that I'm okay with like chaos. Yeah, no, that's like a superpower for real. And yeah, you know, definitely. I don't know. I mean, I've tried <laughs> to calm that a little bit, but like, 
you know, I don't, it's okay. Like if it's not perfect, you know, where some mm-hmm. people like I'm around people who like, you know, if they have a, a scratch on their car, it's like the end of their day, you know, it's like, meanwhile, I'll just like smash it. <laughs> you know, like it is what it is. Like, I don't know. So I definitely feel that vibe of like kind of, and even in terms of guides, like I've interacted with so many different things, like, and I don't know half of what it was about, you know, like I've had significant moments that these beings have connected to me and then like, I've never heard from them again ever, you know, Mm -hmm. which I don't know like what that even means. I think that's probably indication it's authentic, you know, because like, I think it's kind of weird. I mean, I've heard from mediums and they seem to know what every single thing means and every, you know, and for me, that's like, really, that's how y'all have that much certainty, you know? And then I talk to mediums who share the, what you kind of what you just said of like, I get a lot of information from different beings and I don't always know how that really fits into like a a message to give someone. Well, I think also you have to go through a period of like, you know, the dark night of the soul or the, the uh, initiation period where like, it's almost like um, I always tell people, even when I'm teaching mediumship is like, you're in control. You always have free will. They don't always Mm -hmm. know how you're, getting the information so like sometimes the volume could be way up and that's their way of gauging your reaction so if you don't tell them listen this is a lot for me they'll keep it at that volume you know right like you are the one in control like you get to say like you get to set those boundaries and be like hey slow down or yeah or you have to like how much are you willing to take on how much are you you know, how Mm -hmm. heavy can you take it? How light can you take it? It's like, I think there has to be a period of like them kind of figuring out your frequency. Ah, I mean, I don't know. That's that's just my understanding. I don't know. No, That makes so much sense. I, I really think you have good advice on that kind of thing because to me, it's like, I don't know. I I feel like sometimes I'm too open. Like if I ever go like if I go to Walmart, like I have to like wear headphones and just like tune everyone out mm-hmm. um, <laughs> because it's like too much people's like energy and like yes. absorbing that. Um like I it it gives me anxiety. Like I get very stressed out and that mm-hmm. you know just yeah, like at the Walmart. <laughs> um but but you- some, something about like being able to say like hey this is too much or like being able to set a boundary like mm-hmm. uh slow down like you know something like that you yeah you have to kind of figure out how to well even in terms of manage like, it even in terms of empathy like you know i feel like empathy is one of the most like misunderstood abilities in you know mediumship or spiritual stuff it's like mm-hmm. people don't like think it's almost like a duty to be empathic instead of like seeing empathy as an ability to like observe something instead of like taking it on and having it. Yeah. I, I would, if I leave my empathy hanging out, 
you know, so to speak, like I, it would overtake me. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to talk to you about this. I'm glad, I'm glad <laughs> you brought this up because I feel like you're somebody who like, it has you over- have empathy and you <laughs> are empathic, but you don't identify as like, I'm an empath and I just absorb everybody's bullshit all the time. Like you have very strong boundaries. Um, oh, I'm so happy you see it that way. <laughs> I will no, I'm sure it's hard for you because yeah. you know, like you want to like connect with people and you you mm-hmm. do kind of if someone messages you on like Instagram or Twitter or something, I'm sure you do feel like compelled to serve them even serve them I- and 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 give them what they're asking for, but but also like you we we can't fucking do that all the time. <laughs> like And how do you navigate that? Like, that was one of the questions I had for you. So I'm glad we kind of just naturally fell on this. question because it's still something I think about a lot and I sort of struggle with because I – well, first of all, I think a lot of people do sort of like let – like they overly identify with things and it can drag them down. And I've definitely done that where I've identified as this or that and it's like it becomes this weight that I don't need. It's not actually helping anyone. So I try to be sort of careful with what I allow myself to really identify with and like tell the world. Um, Like, first of all, I want to make sure it's true. And also it's like, well, you know, I have to also give myself permission to change and morph and evolve because I I guess one thing I can identify with is shape-shifting a bit, you know, just as I learn and learn about myself and discover more. It's like, yeah, I need to always have the ability to grow and change or there's going to be an explosion, you know, <laughs> like with yeah. or, or, or someone else, you know, like there's a rupture that will happen and it sucks when that happens. But, you know, I, I survived through that shit, whatever. Um, the last two years I've really practiced with shielding and creating more energetic boundaries. But I mean, And in a way that has helped, but then some people get a whiff of it and they're like, oh shit, I'm not supposed to be here. And it annoys them. And so, um, (laughs) that they can be, they can kind of come on stronger because of it or like try to, I've had experiences where people will sort of shoehorn themselves into my life or try to. And, and it gives me such a bad taste when that happens. And I used to sort of like kind of allow it. And now I'm like, hell no. Nah. If we're not friends or we're not close, but you're overly familiar with me and I'm not consenting to that, it's like I have to put my foot down and be like, no, we're, this is not – please don't call me your best friend if we have had like one conversation, you know? Like Wait, I have people that- do that? I'm sorry. Wait. No, no. <laughs> okay I mean the thing is I have moments too where I really click with someone and that feels it doesn't feel like a love bomb or like this crazy thing and you know I try to be aware of like me doing that to other people right because I yeah yeah I can attach to like yeah I can can attach myself to like you know Mm -hmm. just somebody like expressing something that I relate to really hard and then I'm like wow this is like yeah. You know, but you You're can't. You're not an energy vampire, though. You you create your own power. You don't have to. See, I realized I had an energy vampire problem because. Okay. Because I, I and it's not because, like, I'm so special, right? But because I think they get that sense of, like, this person has something that I don't, 
know I don't yet know how to create on my own or can't create on my own. And so I like I need to be close to that. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I got an astrology reading not long ago that sort of helped explain some of it. I've been getting into like fixed stars and I found out something wild about my fixed star parans parans however you say it i'm not an astrologer and it shows but um no we aren't either we're just like <laughs> we're like anecdotal astrologers like yeah <laughs> i know somebody like this who is also a capricorn sun and a whatever yeah. moon or what you know like it's- i've gotten obsessive and hyper focused on like hellenistic astrology okay. ancient greco-egyptian astrology and it's very interesting but yeah i can't do all the math to like give other people readings or really even study beyond like what's useful for me in my immediate circle you know but um Mm -hmm. so yeah i have a pretty intense placement with a star that sort of there's a bunch there's like a ton of fixed stars right but yes there's a lot and i don't know how you like even begin to learn them all but you don't you don't learn them all you, <laughs> you just learn the ones that affect you <laughs> yeah and the ones that you could see with the naked eye right because that's how ancients would they they didn't okay. have you know the technology to look like far far out you know um but so and by the way I'll just go ahead and say who I got the astrology reading from because she was amazing Amaya Rourke who is uh Empress Craft on Instagram uh, super highly recommend her for a fixed star reading. Anyway, she and I have some similar placements and part of one of, or a couple of my stars is that like crazy rumors that are totally like beyond anything I could even imagine can, can follow me. Uh, and also I'm pretty intense. So, you know, like (laughs) people can be obsessive and I can be obsessive, right? Like, um, I will just say that I am not someone that I, cause I have had this happen with like psychic attacks and, and hexes, you know, from people through the internet. I am not someone you want to do that to, not even because of something I have done, but my fixed start, I'm my placements are not, it won't end well for them, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I give that warning, not just cause like, Oh, people need to be scared of me. Cause like, <laughs> I don't want that. I actually, like I fought that for a long time, but, um, also because I don't, I actually don't want more destruction in the world, even if it's, you know, people that don't like me, you know, it's like, I just, just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there is something about being somebody like kind of when we started this, you're saying like you're an open book, like you're an open person. You'll tell anyone anything, um, even though, you you know, like yes. yeah. <laughs> you were kind of qualifying that with the fact that you didn't feel comfortable telling anyone about your um, uh, sleep paralysis when you were little. Yeah. <clears throat> so you're, you know, when you're somebody that is that open, I think it yeah, it opens you up to other people kind of like latching on and being like, oh, I had that or I relate. And I think too, maybe it's getting weird. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I've learned that some things are private, you know, especially other Absolutely. people's business, right? Like I've learned to shut my mouth about other people's business. 
and people and my, even my business that affects other people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that some people see it very threatening as someone who's like, actually, I'm totally ready to be like, no, that was me on some bullshit. Like, I'll admit it, you know, like if I become aware that I've been a hypocrite or that I have, you know, done something wrong, I'm not going to like shrink away and like pretend it never happened, you know? And Mm -hmm. that's like really scary for some people because they're hiding in so many ways. Um, Whereas I'm just like, nah, I'm a person. I'm comfortable with darkness and, you know, my own darkness. Like, I don't know. Comfortable with making mistakes or like being, you know, just like going against the grain. You don't need to be like. I don't know. I feel like you're somebody who feels like you're not, you don't need to like please everybody all the time. I'm not going to pretend that I don't want approval. Like, yeah, I really want people. No, we do. You know, like it's pretty, I think that's pretty normal, but yeah, it's like I had this situation. I don't know if you watch the whole thing, but I've had this thing online where, you know, I was in this like several different circles of people and you know at some point there's this falling out and I don't give names ever when I talk about this because it's not important are you talking about like mostly on Twitter or something yeah okay. yeah, yeah mostly yeah. there and I think you probably witnessed a lot of it um yeah I saw things but like I just really I can't with Twitter <laughs> you, mind, you mind your damn business which is such a good thing to do on that <laughs> Um, yeah, so I want other people to like, I don't want other people in my business. Like I'm a much, I am not as much of an open book. I am more Mm -hmm. private. I like, I think that's a good thing. I just, well, because I learned that like, people like it's not everybody's business. I don't know how you feel about it, Pete. Like, how do you feel about it? Like about like letting, like, are you, do you feel like you're an open book or do you feel like you're more like. I feel like guarded I'm about open. what you share. No, I feel like I would share anything if somebody asked me. Anything I don't yeah. think there's anything I feel like is off limits. To me. There's nothing yeah. off limits, but like are you actively like No, I wouldn't I so think sharing I just, things like on your own voluntary like I don't know, when it comes to the spiritual stuff, I always try to just like present like, this is my experience. It doesn't mean it's right yeah. or wrong. Like, I don't think anything's right or wrong necessarily because we all have, like, our own journey. But from yeah. my experience, like, this is how it works for me or, like, this is what I observed. I don't – but, like, sometimes I people like even private. That, What? Oh, I was just going to say, like, I feel like I'm private about it until I figure out what's going on with me. Like, I'm pretty, like – I'm not going to talk about it until I kind of figure out what's going well, like, on. Like, no matter or, what you You know, do. until I can, like, joke about it, it's it's <laughs> not public, like, knowledge. You know, like, I'm not telling people about it until I, can, I, feel, like, until I feel comfortable. To, I like, feel like you'll you know. always have haters no matter what you do, really, you know? Haters like, are fans, y'all. No, but I re- remember, like, I don't know, we had some podcast and, like, somebody commented on, like, one of my videos on TikTok, like you know, uh, you pretend to be spiritual, but you make fun of different Zodiac signs or something like that. Remember I sent you, it's like, we're just bullshitting. Like I'm never really serious. 
Yeah, it's called having a laugh. I'm a cancer. Like, there's no zodiac. There's like no zodiac sign that's more made fun of than like a cancer, and they're crying and whatever. Like, and I just embrace that, and it's fine. Like, I don't care. I don't know. I I don't think those things matter at all. But well, I think there's also people in the spiritual stuff that like want to be seen as like having a gift. Or, like, they take merit in, like, having this ability that nobody else does. And I don't really agree with that way of thinking in the first place. Everyone has it. Everyone can do any of this stuff. Yeah, totally. I think we all have different gifts. And I think that everyone has the ability to learn new skills. And I I don't like the whole, I was born with this and nobody else can have it, you know? like <laughs> The just, gatekeeping, yeah. you mean? <laughs> or whatever, whatever people call it. Some gate- gatekeeping makes sense. Like, keep things sacred, you know? But at the same time, it's more about, like, am I going to share something that somebody would do that could make them, like, really unsafe? Like, they're mm-hmm. not for it like that's the one time where i'm like maybe i won't share you know this like weird experiment i did eating a poisonous plant you know <laughs> like i try not right. yeah no i think that's exactly that's exactly it like yeah not everybody needs to go do like ayahuasca and like think it's gonna heal their like ready. depression and all of their trauma all at once like that's probably not and not myself you know so yeah. Or I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I would be. I'm not sure. I The opportunity hasn't presented itself in a way that felt like good or resonant to me. So I'm like, nah, it's not my medicine yet or my time. So yeah, you're, you seem very like aware of where you're at and like what, what you need. Um, yeah. Like I, I, I just get the sense that you're pretty like in tune with the progression of your own personal journey and not like absorbing like what everyone else might tell you. And Trend. and that's one of the things like we talk about on this podcast a lot, which is that like no one else, like don't listen to anybody's rules. Like, yes, like do what you need to do and like do your own thing. It's okay. Like <laughs> I needed to hear that. Like, I, I think especially like two years ago, but even maybe like a year ago, because I did let dumb shit get in my head of like, you can't do this. You can't do that. And it's like, y'all are like allergic to fun. You know, <laughs> that's how I started feeling. It's like, what is the point of all this? If we're also treating like, just in these dynamics where I'm like, y'all don't even treat people right. And you're lecturing people about what you're calling closed practices. And some of them I just did not agree. Like, I don't agree that tarot is a closed practice. Wait, why would tarot be a closed practice? Oh, my God. Why did I bring it up? No, I'm sorry. I don't know. No one ever told me that. I just, like, got into it at some point, like, five, seven years ago. I don't know. Six, maybe. I understand (laughs) people say it. And it's because they're – Historically, certain groups have used tarot as a way to, you know, like survive and um, but they didn't invent tarot. So uh, tarot is way is not actually super old, um, but Mm -hmm. no, not at all. But so some some marginalized groups, especially Romani people, Romani people. Right. And they have. And here's the thing. 
Like I have Romani friends. Like I'm not, not to say that makes me like immune to criticism. (laughs) I'm like, wait, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I hear the like little, you know, people being like, what the fuck? No. Um, but the thing is, it's like, they have a specific, they have traditions and practices around it that are not what I do at all. Mm -hmm. And it's not information that's for me. And I'm totally fine with that. But I also know that tarot is a healing tool. And I believe it's something that anyone it's it's something anyone can can work with, even if they're just like psychologically, I want to reflect on things. That's fine. You know, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's great for that. Pulling a card like just even one card and reflecting on how that relates to you in this present moment that's right even you don't need to be you don't need to call yourself a tarot reader you don't need to like yeah be anything to to do that I mean it's it's no different than like getting online and like reading your horoscope every day right Um, something to think about you can choose like oh this resonates or it doesn't or you know it's like you're free be free you know um, and then people think like, oh, you, you can't buy your first tarot deck. Someone has to give it to you. And I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Those are weird rules. But I, I will say like, I bought my own first tarot deck, but I didn't actually start like really learning to read cards until someone else bought me. A deck. There's magic in getting a gift. And- yeah. I think when someone else gave me yeah. one and like knew I was interested, I was like, okay. Yeah. And something that- about that, like made me want to learn more but yeah, yeah there's just no rules about it well, I don't- and that enchantment is totally that's real and and I love that you know and I've heard and I, I have felt that before too like someone really special to me gives me a deck and it's like you know becomes really um yeah it it, it ignites something and I think that's so cool um, there's also the superstition though, that you have to steal your first tarot deck. And I definitely don't agree with that. <laughs> like, I didn't, I've never heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Pete, Pete hates rules. <laughs> me too. Like, great question. So what I've heard, um, pretty often is that it's actually from people who, you know, spiritualists who didn't want other people in the market, you know, like, oh, I'm the one with the gift. Nobody else can do this. Like they just, it was about fucking money, not about ability or should you or what's okay, you know? And so I'm not like totally anti-rules. I am a Capricorn, but like rules have to make sense for me. If they don't make sense. It has to be a good reason. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm, I am respectful of closed practices. I'm not saying like, oh, if you're just like have never studied anything like just yeah you know walk into you know if you're not initiated just like go like do some voodoo like no I'm not saying okay I'm just saying that like you know tools like tarot and in particular it's like I just I don't think that it's right I can't in good conscience tell anybody not to do that you know there's room for anybody to do it, you know, and pretty soon I not even give readings anymore, you know, like not because I don't like doing it. But in um, terms of like closed practice, right? Like uh-huh. I was raised, I'm Italian, German. I was raised Catholic. Um, <laughs> and most of the deities I work with are Hindu. And it's like, I didn't show, I didn't even know who they were, you know, like right. they came to me. 
They you choose know? you. Yeah, well, that's totally. what I'm saying. Like, not like I'm special, but I'm saying like when I started opening up, I would like meditate and I would see this elephant god and I didn't even know who he was. And then right. like randomly somebody sent me a statue of him as a gift for a reading. And I was like, who is this? I keep seeing this guy everywhere in my meditation. I'm like, oh, this is Ganesh. And I'm like, who's <laughs> Ganesh? You know, like, I don't know who, you, you know. Like I was yeah. raised cat. Like I didn't, you know. My parents never spoke about other religions or, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like Kali, the goddess Kali. Like I've had, you know, she works with me whenever I do shamanic work. Like, you know, I have. I never knew who she was until she came. Right. Yeah, but the work you do with Kali is very powerful. So obviously, like it's. Well, that's what I'm saying. In terms like I, of like we've done like, practice, journey, like shamanic journeys with Kali like together, and it's powerful. Obviously, she works with you for a reason. And I think, yeah, I don't know. I like, think what what it is like people that get really hung up about appropriation. I think a lot of times their heart is in the right place, mm-hmm. but when they they don't have the vocabulary to say being in right relationship. Right. They don't have um, the vocabulary to say, oh, is it is it a reciprocal relationship? Right. Because they don't that's not especially in America. It's like people don't know about that or they don't think about like you can have relationships that maybe other people don't understand. Right. Like I talk to plants and they talk to me and that's, mm-hmm. you know, but it's because we have a reciprocal relate like we I'm in right relationship with them or they wouldn't say shit to me probably I don't know that's a really no that's I'm saying it's a like beautiful who's point. to say what's the right relationship if you're having connection like I don't I mean I, I don't want to ever hate on people but it's also like who are you to say who my connect how my connection to god comes if it's through tarot if it's through kali if it's through jesus if it's through aliens you know it's like who's it's like what to me i understand like you know you should honor things and stuff like that and have respect for things yeah but on the other hand it's like part of me wants to be like go fuck yourself like i'm talking to my version of god like i don't give a fuck what you think like because that version has given me more insight and connection than I've ever felt from anything else, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think, too, it's like a lot of times it's people who aren't – they don't have a relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're pe- it's people that are, are looking from the outside in and they're like, oh, my gosh, this person is doing this for profit and they're using something from a culture that they didn't come from. And it's like we actually can't know that. First of all, we can't know from looking at someone where they come from or who their ancestors are. Mm-hmm. I've had to learn that, you know, like for myself, I had to learn that, that like, um, well, I won't go on and on, but I think, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And it's funny because like I did ancestry and I actually have like 2% like Hindu Indian in me, like genetically. And I would, did never- you find that after yeah, after, the- after like, and it, <laughs> like, I'm still. Yeah, it's not much, but there's somebody out there watching over, like, watching out for, like, there's some ancestor out there, like, being like, connecting you, you know? Well, like, I don't know. Uh, my my ancestors came from Sicily, and they say that like Sicily was like a trade route, 
from India. So there's actually mm-hmm. a lot of Indian blood and Sicilian like roots. You know. I didn't know that. That's so cool. I didn't know that either, but I I like I never doubted you kind of connecting to certain uh deities or whatever just because I feel like you wouldn't you wouldn't like connect with them or call upon them unless they had like reached out to you first, you know? Yeah. Like I just well, felt I like, like you knew what you were doing. <laughs> I don't know. No, but I mean I think like my Mercury is in Capricorn and I think like communication, I'm very like practical. Like if there's nothing there, I'm not gonna like feed it, you know, or I'm not gonna like try to make something work. Yeah. You know? Um Yeah. But uh yeah, I don't know. I was I kept I the whole time we've been talking, I feel like uh I've been feeling like a spirit for Naomi. Like I don't know. Oh, okay. Yes. Please tell me. I'm I'm here for it. And he like won't go away. So I was like there was the dead air for a second and I was like I should just say something. Um Yeah, no. I feel this male in spirit. He looks like he's 50 to 60 years old. And he's not really giving me much. He's like, he's got like a big jaw. Uh, I would say he's like kind of good looking, short, like brown, dirty brown hair. Um, And he's wearing, it's like, he's like an old school uh, barmaid. He's wearing (laughs) like a vest with red and white stripes. And he has like a puffy like dress shirt on with like an armband. (laughs) around his arm (laughs) oh my god okay that might be my my maternal grandfather yeah he's just like bill um he looks like william yeah william or is it charles william uh smith sands sands is his last name he died when i was 13 um yeah, we were really, really close. So that makes sense. That makes total sense. I called him Granda. Yeah, it feels like, I mean, as you say that, it feels like it resonates, but he's just been like hanging around. So I have to acknowledge him. <laughs> Thank um, you for telling me. It feels like, that. He, like he like hangs around your house. Like he's in your like energy a lot. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I oh, know. <laughs> what? what? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, no, no. It's so, that's so, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like not surprising, but, um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I didn't mean well, to make you I will say, hard. like, Pete, he, he got in touch. We're good. <laughs> he got in touch with my grandfather on, like, the anniversary of his death last year. And, like, it totally, like, made me cry. And, like, uh, I'm kind of crying right now just because, like, I'm, like, remembering that. But, like, he, like, he was, like, this guy is, like, he's just around. And I just want to tell you. And I'm, like, fully, like, bawling. And, like, um, yeah. This yeah. Is, wait. It's actually really, I think it might actually be really close to his birthday, too. So he, um. 
well, he was a Capricorn as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we're in Aquarius season now, but yeah, we had he was very, very special and um still is, and I'm really happy to hear that because I do I feel him around too and He's he's not someone that I feel like needs a lot of maintenance. Like <laughs> I have ancestors that I really feel like I have to like give like feed and give to, but um his personality in life was also very like just ha- yeah, hanging around very very um even, you know, just chilling. Yeah. That was he, like our well, he like um he gives me like the sense of like um like maintaining your 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 like energy around you like your environmental energy like he's i don't know if the barmaid is significant or something like that but he mm-hmm. it's almost like he's showing me himself like white he's like wiping down the counter every time somebody takes their beer <laughs> off you know and that like it's like he's almost giving me that as like a metaphor of like you know, I'm just here. I'm hanging around. I'm, you know, keeping an eye on everything. Like, you know, like that type of vibe. Yeah. He's cleaning up like unnecessary, like messes or something. Like he's like there kind of just like clearing away the the stuff that you don't need to deal with. Mm-hmm. Like that. yeah Yeah. all aspects of like almost like the old school like you go to the bar and you just like clear your chest and he's just there and he just like takes it for you you know like that type of vibe as well so yeah i could see that metaphor being the one that he would come to because he really he was a a drinker and um, (laughs) and um yeah i could see that for sure and so he was like the first in a line of of you know losing him was the first in a line of tragedy in my family and just you know people dying um prematurely he was the oldest of the close closest people like all the men in my family just like dropped dead one year um and then my house burned down so it was yeah. and yeah, the house, shit, yeah. House that everybody because my family on my mom's side, we all kind of like live in a pile. That's just sort of how we've always done it out of necessity, but also we just I don't know, it's how we are. And so my nana and my granda had lived there for like 50 years. So he died, and then you know, like even all the evidence of him was gone, and it was like, you know, that felt like another death you know yeah of course yeah but he he um was a really interesting person and he introduced me to like crystals like I'm before crystals were the thing you know that (laughs) now like he had gone to Iceland when he was in the military and brought back or not Iceland sorry Greenland and he brought back all this quartz um and so that's like one of the things like I really wish I still had those items like i really like material you know capricorn like i like having stuff yeah um, like a, a <laughs> tangible yeah. evidence or tangible yeah. like thing yeah so that feels very resonant and i'm yeah thank you so much for telling me that because <laughs> yeah, it feels 
very yeah very comforting he was kind of his way in so <laughs> yeah pete's such an amazing medium like he really <laughs> is he really just like i don't even know it it's to me it's like he'll come through with some information that like you weren't even looking for you weren't even there for like it just he's just connected like that and he's so open and i think so sweet you know no i know but i'm being serious like obviously like you know that came through for you because like naomi's here and they're like he's open so he'll be able to tell her and you do that like you i don't know it's just he has a strong you know he has a strong energy yeah i mean that also helps too because like the way i work is like i feel pressures and like the degree of pressure tells me like the urgency or like the the desire for him to like come through and it's a very like strong pressure so oh (laughs) he really wanted to talk to you yeah so i feel i feel sometimes like i feel things but when it's for myself especially i really it's hard for me to ever be just like certain you know like have that confirmation so thank you so much that's an amazing gift to that it's funny because i was just like i've been trying to come i'm doing like an online mediumship course and like something that's coming up a lot lately even in person when i teach classes is like people kind of you know, not that it's you, but it's like people get hung up at certain points because whether it's they don't know what to expect or like how to look for it. But like something Mm -hmm. I'm trying to teach people lately is like, even if you're starting to get something like, and it might not even make sense, like it might be something obscure, you know, like say an image or just like a sound or something. um, Mm -hmm. And you don't know how to make sense of it. I try to like almost bring my conscious attention into whatever's coming through. So like if you're seeing a picture, like almost like force your attention or your awareness into the picture. I know it's like hard to explain, but it's like no, the I think way to explain. I what you're and then like mm-hmm. kind of just ask, like, where is this coming from? You could even go simpler. Like I always tell people to go like very basic, like you know, is this coming from a masculine or feminine energy? And then kind of like go from there, like, all right, can I see who, like your appearance and like kind Mm -hmm. of like try to gain momentum on your own so that, you know, the more you get momentum, the more you trust it. And then the more you trust it, it's like they kind of reinforce that and allow the energy to kind of flow more. And then you start to like gain momentum and you get comfortable in just like working your way through it. And, you know, I think it's like, there's a lot of urgency and people don't know how to like react to it in a sense. Like they have to like almost like judge it instead of just like observing it and being like, oh, I'm aware of this. Or I'm like, I'm moving through this instead of just being like, oh, why is there something, you know, I feel like a lot of people are like, is there something wrong? Like, why is why am I feeling this? Or like, why is this instead of just like, it's like the same thing. Yeah. Instead of like being, it's like the same thing as being empathic. It's like, I could feel 
people's anxieties and I could like start to take it on myself where I'm like, oh, am I anxious? Like, oh, am I <laughs> worried about something? Or you could see it and be like, oh, I, I feel this. I see it. But it's not me, you know, and I could still have sympathy for that person or compassion for that person. But I don't have to be like, oh, now I know what it's like to feel your anxiousness or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Unchecked, I can really take it on, you know, not. not Yeah, me too. (laughs) You know, And, and now it's like I practice the the shielding more and like, okay, I care. I can care and not let it drag me, you know? Yeah. Well, it's oh like, you, the, you know, you can get sucked into the victim mentality. You can get sucked yeah. into like, you know, Oh, I'm such like, uh, I'm feeling everything. It's like, you know, it's like you, it becomes part of your identity, you yes. know? And, and, and like you, um, you know, you can use it as an excuse too. You can, you know, I'm feeling so much, you know, I got to shut, shut down or turn Mm -hmm. away, you know, instead of, you know, I think it's a a hard, it's probably like one of the hardest lessons to kind of learn, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like early 2022, I had like my master class in, you know, the victim mentality and like realizing like, Oh shit. I have identified with this, not realizing mm-hmm. it, you know, cause it's so it's everywhere, you know, like, I think there's this sense of like, I feel like I don't, don't let me get too conspiratorial, but I, I do feel like some of our overlords want us to conspiratorial. They <laughs> <laughs> you know, want us to feel worn down and helpless, you know? And, yeah. and, and then people, we can get in this thing of like validating shit for each other to the point where it's like, okay, this is valid. Not every feeling is valid. I'm so sorry. No, not every feeling is real. Um, not every thought you have is true. Like, yeah. And, and yeah. <laughs> some, like genuine, like OCD tendencies, you know, uh, in, like actual, not TikTok intrusive, intrusive thoughts, but actual intrusive thoughts. Like, you know, I thinking that every thought or feeling I have is valid is actually not an empowering or even useful. It's not a good thing, you know? Mm-mm. So I was realizing like, oh shit, I'm in the, this dynamic with some friends where we just we're trauma dumping on each other all the time and we don't have anything else in common or we don't know if we have anything else in common because <laughs> that's what we do. And, um, you know, it was like very much that emotional contagion or whatever they call it, you know, like dumping our energy back and forth in a really unhealthy mm. way. And yeah. And then, and realizing like, Oh shit, these people are, some of them I would realize like, Oh, they're actually wrong, but I can't say that even though it would be for their benefit, I would get shunned for it, you know? And then realizing, oh shit, I've been wrong about things, but no, but none of them could tell me that because they were afraid of me, you know? <laughs> so They're, like everyone was afraid of like the cult of personality or something like the, yeah. Well, with each other, they were, we were yeah, like, within each other. each other in some way, because we would know each other's intimate stuff, details, secrets. But the thing is, I'm, I'm taking some of that shit to the grave because I don't <laughs> you know, like as much as I am a leaky refrigerator, 
about my own tea, you know, other people's stuff. I'm like, I don't want to ruin people's lives because that doesn't feel good for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so like I'll let my enemies or people that think they're my enemies just, you know, I'll let them destroy themselves because I just don't want that on my conscience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like the, but, being like that kind of reinforces where you're at as well, too. Like people don't realize it's like you're creating your own prison because you're 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 reinforcing these like social memes that are going on like i don't know i always think of like the narcissist like everybody's ex-boyfriend was a narcissist like there's millions (laughs) of narcissists it's just not possible it's not possible everybody in the world is a psychopath like it's always somebody else it's never me like well that's the thing too that's the big thing too is like you see these people post about like narcissists and stuff like that but it's like what do you think's in you that attracted that type of relationship? Well, I think what it is, like, just to answer that question, because I do think sometimes it's like we get in these patterns and it's because some part of that behavior feels like home. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay. It, and it doesn't mean that person is bad, right? Like, that, that's the thing. When I talk about this, people are like, is this victim blaming? And I'm like, if it's victim blaming, then then you're saying you're a victim. And it's like, no, I'm just saying, look at the role in your own suffering. Like abuse happens. It's real. And I've been there. And it's not what's happening every single time you have an interpersonal conflict. Like Mm. seeing things through this lens of trauma all the time just flattens everything into this binary, this or that. Oh and my God. You're so speaking, speaking the truth. <laughs> for anything. And then it's like, it sucks. Cause it's like, I'm every person is messy. Everybody's going to thing sometimes, you know, like, well, because I, I mean, it's like, that's almost like, a cap- it's like the capitalist nature of like being like right or wrong or like good or bad. It's like, you know, it's like you, if somebody says, oh, well, you're attracting this experience, it's like, I'm a mm-hmm. failure or like, I'm not doing the right thing. But really, it's yeah, like, but I'm or if you're like it, succeeding, like, well, if you're like, succeeding looking on at the other it, hand, like, then you must be attracting success. Yeah. You know? But it's also like, like you fair. have to you have to like bring awareness to it. Like that's the power is like bringing awareness to see like what is it in me that like is attracting this shitty relationship or what is it in me that is it keep going back to this dynamic? Yeah. 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 And it's not, it's not like I'm saying, you know, somebody's wrong or like doing something wrong. It's like some of the stuff, you know, it's most of the stuff I feel like is from your parents and it's like, you don't really have control over who your parents are. Well, not in this life. In the in this lifetime, I was gonna say that. Yeah. Oh man, that took me so long to like, it, you know, come around to like as yeah, a like, you know, like you could only really interact with your parents and kind of like create the right boundaries and like confront them in certain ways. And you know, that's not a judgment on you if like you're healing that, but just by bringing awareness, you can start to like shift it and at least be aware and see like why you're attracting it. Right. And just, I think what it comes down to is like ownership of your own behavior, right? Like Mm -hmm. 
as somebody who, you know, I think everybody gets dysregulated, but I used to live dysregulated, right? I would just be like, well, I'm dysregulated. So like I'm treating people poorly and I feel guilty about it, but I'm dysregulated. And it's like, okay, but I have to take ownership of that behavior. It doesn't, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like maybe the reason I was dysregulated wasn't my fault, but the impact of my actions still affected people, you know, Mm -hmm. and laying around feeling guilty didn't do shit for anybody. It didn't help me. It didn't help the people that I hurt or the people in my inner circle that were validating me <laughs> like, oh, it's OK because you were having, you know, no, it's not OK. Some behavior is just not OK. Yeah. Um, and all of that, like all of those reactions, I think, are a signal. You know, they're they're warning you of something. They're telling you you are dysregulated. They're telling you you're, you know. Right. It's information. Yeah. It's information and and that you need to like take stock in that and you know realign yourself with whatever is actually going on. You know, like mm-hmm. it's really easy to point a finger. It's really easy to just be like, "Oh, I'm like I I'm super anxious and I'm fucked up right now." Like so you know, just ignore me or whatever. But I think you have to, I don't know, just be able no, to I know take responsibility saying. for like the way that you're reacting to anything, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I mean, yeah. ultimately your reality is a reflection of yourself. So if you're consistently saying like, oh, it's this person's fault or it's this reason and not looking at yourself, you're never going to really break or shift the pattern. Absolutely. I mean, ultimately up to you. Like it's ultimately your problem. I mean, sorry. (laughs) That sounds secure when you're in it, but like it is the most freeing thing. It's it's like if people knew the freedom that's on the other side of that, it wouldn't be so shitty because it's like they just don't they don't. You're not in that space of freedom, you know. So, and really, what got me there was like or has gotten me there. Like I'm always growing, but it was, it was timeline jumping because I couldn't just move. Like I used to just move <laughs> like, Oh, I fucked everything up here. I'm going to move. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, like move a- to a different like job or like, what do you mean move? Yeah. Yeah. A different job or different friend group or different okay. physical location. I moved to Europe by myself when I was 19. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was great, but I made a fucking mess. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, my- I relate. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't know myself, and so I'd move to a different relationship, and then I'd have you know the same problems. And there wasn't really this. At least I don't feel like at the time there wasn't this like amazing permission of like, oh, it's everyone else. Like I didn't have people in my ear validating it. You know, I didn't even have that um, at the time. But I also didn't have the awareness to be like, wait, I'm the common denominator. You know, like everything was, it was shame or guilt if I admitted fault, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I completely understand. Yeah. And and honestly, though, the friends that I still have through those experiences are some of the best people because I'm like, mm-hmm. do you remember me being like that? And they're like, yeah, but, you know, you're, you're on your journey. I'm like, God, you're an angel. 
<laughs> you put up with, you know, you put I, up with my like worst self. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, also my retelling, like I'm pretty harsh and negative on myself. And like mm. I look at my past through this lens of awareness and I'm really, really mean to past me, mm. you know? And so some of these friends are like, I don't really think you were that bad. Like <laughs> if they listen to this, they'd be like, Naomi, I never saw you that way, you know? So. I, I, w- I would imagine that that's true. I think, like, I have the same kind of lens for my past self where I'm, like, being really hard on younger Ruby. Uh, I don't know about Pete, but I kind of guess that he's similar. Yeah, I would say. Um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like you could always think you could do more. Or you could, I mean, that's my issue, you know, like that I'm always Mm. trying to like strive. It's the never enoughness, you know, issue. Mm. It's like you're always trying to like be more, you know, but I don't know. I think I got through a lot of shit too, so I can't hate on myself totally. Yeah. Right. I'm pretty proud of like, you know even just in the last few years where I couldn't move <laughs> and being like, wait, I'm stuck here. So I, I have to find another way, you know? Um, and yeah, it's kind of funny how it feels like some years I look back and I'm like, I didn't do anything. And then I realize actually I did a lot of shit. I actually. think you have. Yeah. I think, I think, th- I think the same thing about myself, like it may not be evident to everyone else. Like, outside of me like it may not be even to my parents or like my boss or whatever but like to me if I really look back on it I've done I have done a lot of work and I have to give myself some credit for that (laughs) I can't just deny the fact that like I have been working on my shit for the past you know four or five years yeah. Um, I also noticed that it's really important to have times where I'm not like reaching for anything. Like I'm not healing. I'm just like, fuck. Like I'm just chilling, watching Real Housewives. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> for me, it's like, um, I don't know. I actually haven't watched reality TV lately, but I'm not above it. I'm totally <laughs> I'm it. Like my vices are are fine. You know, I used yeah. to just like cleanse everything. You know, like. I, j- I went through the phase of like trying to like sanitize myself and it's like, fuck that. I will not be purified. I'm just going to stay a messy bitch and it's fine, mm-hmm. you know, messy and- bitches. Yes. And give yourself, you know, giving myself space to be just like yeah, space to be who you are and not be perfect and not be like, not fit into someone else's idea of or not fit into someone else's standard, I think. I don't know. That's that's how I feel. Like, I just don't like being told what to do. Mm-hmm. And when I try to fit myself into a box that someone else has, like, set up for me, There'll be it an doesn't example. go well. It, <laughs> yeah. it, it really ends up worse. Yeah. And I If I try to be perfect, I, then I'm really hard on others, too. Mm. because I'm like I, I think internally it's like oh well I'm doing all this to be good and then look at all these fuckers <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're a mess <laughs> and, it, and it, but it's none of my business you know that resentment belongs to me because I I have chosen to go by these rules and they didn't you know so I'm not saying like oh I just give up <laughs> fuck you. yeah but sometimes yeah. it is fuck healing. Sometimes it's like, nope, time to be a person, you know? Like, it's fine if I'm not 
the picture of what I want to be, you know, there's going to be space between those two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like a queer, like for me, like Aquarius, like there's probably somebody out there who probably thinks I'm fucked up in the way I think. So it's like, I'm kind <laughs> of like accepting of myself more in a way. Like I know I'm maybe fucked up compared to other people, you know? So it's like, if I accept my, I feel like if I accept myself for like what's fucked up about me, then I'm much more accepting of other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel you like know? that's what Diamond was saying. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense though. And then I'm uh, always, I've always attracted like crazy people. <laughs> who I am, like you know, like I've always had crazy jobs or just like been around like a lot of crazier eccentric type people so it's like i you know you could kind of start to see no matter how crazy somebody is there's always like a heart underneath there and like you know most people i i would say i've never really met like somebody who i feel is like an evil person Mm -hmm. you You don't think you've ever met someone who is an evil person i don't think i've ever had a direct interaction with somebody who like i would be like wow this like i've been around around, oh this guy's an asshole or he's somebody who's evil where i'm like oh like this person has like a dark heart no redeeming yeah i honestly i like i really want to be that way like i want to feel that (laughs) like i there's this part of me that wants to see that there's like hope for everyone you know like just i want to see that there's like like anybody can, you know, be redeemed in some way. And then, but I've had experiences where I'm just like, fuck, I, there's nothing behind the eyes in this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, feel the like same exact way. Yeah, but way. then we could like, go back to talking about like manifesting your reality or being around the people. Oh, no, around. totally. There was a reason. There was totally a reason why I encountered those people. But like, yeah. we, and, and it's not my place to judge, right? But, yeah. You know, like I, I'm not here to judge them, but I've had, yeah, encounters with people where I'm like, whoa, never want to see that person again. Cause mm-hmm. I just can't, maybe it's also just that like, there's some people I really can't get a feel for or a read on. And that makes me uncomfortable mm-hmm. because most people I can at least get something, you know? Well, like this is something kind of me and Ruby talk a lot about because I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm judging the whole spiritual community on social media, but <laughs> Something that, like, I think a lot of people don't really understand is the whole dark night of the soul. And Mm -hmm. I see the dark night of the soul as, like, if you're – most people who are reaching to the light are in a dark place. There's, like, something they're, you know, kind of – you know, maybe that's why they reach for the light initially – But Mm -hmm. when you start opening up to the divine, whether it's through prayer, continuous prayer, mediumship, intuition, whatever you're doing, that typically takes the raising of your vibration. I know the vibration thing is a very new age concept, but (laughs) the frequency within you is raising because you're connecting to a higher realm. So if you're doing that, what happens is the stuff that's heavier and darker in you has to come up because it doesn't resonate with who you're becoming. 
So mm-hmm. I think what happens is that stuff has to come up for you to deal with it and process it and grow and evolve that like in order for it to fully process, it also has to kind of manifest in some form or another in your reality. And okay. That yes. Could be- and go ahead. Or- Sorry. No, that could be like in the form of like, relationships it could be form of like accidents tragedy whatever it's like you can't really process it fully until you go through it because it's like Mm -hmm. between your nervous system your energetic field all these interacting systems have to like move it through your body so people have these they start what happens then is the dark night of the soul really is like your vibration is rising which is giving you like magnetic momentum, uh, like force or will in a sense. And you're also bringing these things up. So it's like you're getting momentum of bringing that energy that has to be processed in and out into reality. So you have like this whole like peak or like apex point where everything is kind of colliding at once and people think it's like this just like trauma or like they don't really understand like the actual energetics of it, you know? Right. Well, I was just going to say, sorry, I have a bad habit of interrupting. I've probably done it a lot. <laughs> sorry. Um, I just get fucking excited. Um, but what I was going to say is like, I feel like this connects back with the sleep paralysis, even though it happens sometimes to us before we're really aware of things it's like there is this thing of like when when we confront it and when we're available to actually see it instead of suppress then it's like I, I i don't know it just i feel like it's it's always trying to show us something you know like sleep paralysis to me feels very like underworld subconscious yeah. unconscious you know, like mm-hmm. that feeling of like something being stirred within you that mm-hmm. is maybe like prime primal, but in more in the sense primal, like spiritual, like spirituality wise, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Like this unconscious, yeah. like energetics that kind of gets stirred up. That's why I think a lot of people who are starting to awaken have sleep paralysis because it's almost like your energetic system is waking up to the fact that there's like another layer that you're only just of reality. Yeah, that yeah. you're only yeah. just starting to be aware of. Mm-hmm. And what's the best place is sleep because it's like your ego the there. Yeah. Yeah, ego kind of rests and Yeah. It, yeah. Ego's not like, "Oh, you're not talking to dead people." What are you? Ego? <laughs> You probably have schizophrenia. Yeah. You know, so it's like sleeping. It's like your ego is not there. And it's just like you're having these experiences and you're like, oh, but you're kind of aware. So it's like it allows you, it kind of allows it to slip through because most people too, like mediums I know, typically started by having dreams of loved ones. And then it's like their ego slowly, their conscious mind slowly accepted it because you're like, wow, this is real. You know, because me, myself, I've had visitations. My grandma was like somebody who visited me in dreams first. 
So it's like your ego starts to be like, oh, maybe there's something there. And it kind of lets it allow it to slip through and slowly slip through until you fully accept it. Oh, but- this this just reminded me. <laughs> so the my loved one that, that you saw and that came to you, um, they, my grandfather, I, my, I'm just remembering my mom told me that she dreams about him all the time. She dreamed about him constantly. And in fact, we just had a conversation the other night, the other day, um, about how he was like really, really overprotective. And he, as much as like that was very annoying, she's like, I'm actually very grateful for it. And it, it didn't always protect me, but that that is his way, you know, yeah. was to be very much like, I still don't do this. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, my granddad, he's so special. I'm not surprised now that we're talking about it, but I wasn't expecting, you know, anything really. Uh, That's cool. uh, I don't don't know. I think I just I was just going to say, I think that's like really sweet. And I think also. Like when they come through in those kind of like random moments, it's almost better or like more meaningful than you know when you feel like i don't there's know there's no like, desperation i don't feel yeah, desperate to you're not like it. i want to hear i need this comfort like mm-hmm. i need somebody to tell me i'm like you know comfort me it's or whatever important. yeah as important as he is to me i i don't feel that urgency it's just you know i feel i've always kind of felt him around you know mm-hmm. so yeah that's so cool I think I don't know. I just think that's that's nice that that came through today. Uh, I was gonna say something else about mediumship, but now I can't remember. I don't know. Um, I guess we're we're at like almost two hours though, so we probably will wrap it up. Unless anyone has anything they like want to say. I think I'm good. I feel complete. <laughs> I feel like I just, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, I am so glad you wanted to come on here because, like, I knew you would be a great, like, storyteller and, and someone who could totally, like, connect to a lot of the topics we we talk about. Um, yeah, shout out to Naomi. Pete, you got anything? No, uh, you know, spiritual graffiti podcast uh blue card yeah, pod on instagram right yeah. <laughs> i don't know uh, my own handle um yeah and if not naomi wants to plug anything website. yeah what are what are you what's what's going on with you what do you want to in plug? my world um yeah. for now i'm still giving readings my books are open i that may change soon because i just have a lot of other life stuff going on. And, um, but for now, yeah, sleepyhousehealing.com is where you can get a reading from me or a time, a personal timeline jumping session, which is a really great way to get out of your own way. If you kind of like the assignment and you're ready to move on, but you don't know how, or you feel like stuck, it's a good way to do that. And, um, also do group timeline jumps and I share a lot about just personal stuff, but also about tarot and just everything. Just it's a whole bunch of everything on my Patreon. 
Yeah, uh, the Patreon's awesome. <laughs> it's patreon.com slash sleepyhousehealing. I, I'll go a while without posting a ton, but I have a huge backlog of information. Sometimes I will post like multiple times in a day and then I go quiet for a few weeks. But like there's plenty of if you scroll. There's plenty of stuff there. Um, I think that's it. I also have a podcast, but I just talk to myself and I do a little reading every new and full moon. And it is uh, Sleepy House Healing uh, as well. The Sleepy House podcast. Yeah. So we'll yeah. post the links in the description so you can find Naomi everywhere. Um, but yeah, thank you guys. This was awesome. And yeah. Take care. I don't know. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Bye.